It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Lax Class for short, right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for uh, Lax Class 215. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Well, I shouldn't say us. It's just Jake Elliott with you this week as uh, Tino is stuck on the... 91 out there in Richmond or something right now at work. Evan's on a bit of hiatus. Dowick's down in Florida. Uh, Challenger's just too busy. And uh, even lobbed a call out to the champ, Andrew Suter, uh, to see if he wanted to stop by. But uh, he's got stuff going on as well. A bunch of snow falling in Ontario and young kids and all the rest of it. So just me. You're stuck with old Jumbo this week on EP215. But that's okay. It's uh, Let's call it a holiday edition here. And uh, we'll keep it short. We'll keep it tight. We still got lots to talk about. And still got two great guests coming up on the show as well. So let me talk about those guys here for a second. Coming up in quarter number two will be none other than one of the newest members of the Halifax Thunderbirds in one Randall Stotts. Looking forward to a good chat with Randy here. Good to see him back out on the turf playing lacrosse at a very high level. He's got his Thunderbirds out to a 2-0 start. And uh, we'll check in with Randy, see how he is liking the purple and orange of Halifax. And another guy that has battled back from a long injury hiatus as well, as I got to use the word hiatus twice in the open here, uh, Reese Dutch of the Colorado Mammoth. That'll take some getting used to. But Dutchy is back in the National Lacrosse League, and he's back on Lax Class. He's coming up in quarter number three. And uh, what else? Know who you got here in quarter number four, and that might be a good thing, as I I need a little break, hiatus. Might as well use it three times. Um, After my last week's performance of week three National Lacrosse League action. So holiday break here in the National Lacrosse League. Uh, We'll get some games for week number four. I don't know if they call it week four, because this is technically week four, so I think they actually call it week five, even though there's no games in week four. But uh, a trio of games in week five ahead of New Year's Eve that we will preview and pick next week on the show. But we'll still bring you a lax class lock, courtesy of Cool Bet Canada. So that's coming up in quarter number four. We got our, keep saying we. I got my Stampede Stallion of the week. Uh, Only one guy going into the stable this week here. And it's going to be a tough choice because there were a number of fantastic performances over the course of the weekend in week three. So let's get into this before we head for the stables. Uh, The week that was in the National Lacrosse League. Started on Friday with a pair of games, Calgary in Vancouver for the Warriors home opener after Calgary had beaten Vancouver the previous week in their home opener, and this game was never really close, quite frankly. Calgary comes storming out of the gates. I think they were up 6-0, 6-1, 8-1, 9-1 at halftime, and just never looked back on the Warriors, who... Need to do a little soul-searching here after three weeks of competition. They sit at 0-3. That's not sitting right with anybody inside that organization. I know that much, including Troy Cordingly. You know, had a bit of a church after that game. Players got to sound off and voice off. They're in the locker room for a good amount of time post-game. And the comments from head coach Troy Cordingly were... Pretty poignant. I mean, he, he did not hold back on what he thought of his Warriors through three weeks of competition. So 
We'll see if the holiday break does the team in Vancouver some good as the Roughnecks are out to a 2-0 start. Yeah, 8-1 at half and uh, a 3-1 second quarter, 3-3 in the third, but 14-5 the final in that one. In a Vancouver perspective, you know, Sean Evans making his Warriors debut. And I got to say, like, I, I know Evie was probably real desperate to get into the lineup. And that's just the kind of competitor he is. But he still is not anywhere near 100%. And quite frankly, did not look like he was ready to play. He just, he's going to go out there and give you everything he got. But he he just didn't have any explosiveness on his cuts or his movements. And you could tell he was, he was laboring out there. But tried to get it done. Didn't come up with much as the rest of the Warriors team as a whole. I thought... Delmonico might have been the best warrior in their lineup. And I think this guy is going to start to to work his way up the depth chart a little bit and, and start to get more touches up front. And we'll see what they do here with three weeks off before they play again, January 7th for Vancouver, before they go down to San Diego and then a return home for the game on the fourth. Good God. 14th will be uh, my first opportunity to to call a cross game, which, you know, (laughs) is a long time to wait. And uh, Las Vegas is coming to town, so I'll look forward to that one coming up on the 14th. But uh, San Diego first, then Vegas at home for Vancouver, and uh, we'll see how it goes over the next couple of games for the Warriors. So Calgary looking good, and man, oh, man, speaking of not holding back in your post-game comments, Tyler Pace... Uh, doing an interview with Olivia McDonald after that game, and uh, he did not hold back in his post-game comments, if you want to go find that on Roughnecks Twitter or what have you. Uh, the other game that was going on on Friday night was another home opener. It was a franchise home opener. Going down in Sin City in Las Vegas as uh, a rematch between the Desert Dogs and Panther City, Doggies and Kitties. And this was just a wacky game. Like I said, I was at the Warriors game watching that one and kind of had this one on the iPad on the corner of my eye. And the Vegas offense just could never get going. Panther City offense didn't really get going in this one either as they do get the victory, but it comes in a very low-scoring game uh, right near record territory. I think 7-3 might be the lowest scoring game of all time in NLL history. Don't quote me on that, but this one 9-3 the final as the Desert Dogs just get one goal in the first half. It came in the second quarter. They get two goals in the third quarter, and that's it. 9-3 the final in that one, and Panther City jumps out to a 2-0 start. They had another game coming up back at home. Uh, the next night, which uh, we'll get to here momentarily, but let's uh, recap the rest. So Buffalo, if you recall, starts out slow against Albany, and they came out looking like a different team here that went to a championship last year. And Toronto, I you know I I think they they run into. An absolute red-hot Matt Vince, who we've seen you know, time and time again straight up win you a lacrosse game on his own. And not that he did that in, in this one. It came off the strength of a big second quarter here for Buffalo 5-1 in the second quarter. But Toronto outshoots Buffalo in this one. They 60-51. to TD Earl in 19 for 23 in the face-off dot, but it's not enough as Matt Vince and the Buffalo Bandits win this one 11-8. So the Bandits get back to 500. Toronto drops to 1-2 and two now. they got to be asking themselves a couple of questions here as well. The offense just, you know, the, looked amazing against the Vancouver Warriors, but has not really been up to snuff since. And... You know, I I think that's got to raise an eyebrow or two in Rock City. Mind you, it's, you know, Buffalo Bandits here, so nothing to sneeze at, that's for sure. But a busy Saturday night continues in the National Lacrosse League as we go, where do we go? We're going to the Capital Region in Albany, New York. And this might have been the game of the weekend. 
two undefeated teams and a back-and-forth affair here. This was a real entertaining game. And, and like I said, on Saturday, what did I have? I had my cell phone. I had an iPad. I had my TV streaming. I had a laptop going. I had two laptops going, actually. So at one point, I had... <laughs> I don't know if I'm ashamed or proud of this. I had five games going on at once all kind of right in front of my eyeballs. So it, it made it a little bit difficult to kind of focus on one, but I really kind of kept one eyeball on this game here between the Nighthawks and the Firewolves. And Albany looked good again, but Rochester, man, I'm telling you, look out for the Nighthawks here who are now 3-0, and including three conference wins. This one coming on the road, and they... They had to grind for it. They were down 8-5 at halftime, but then a big third quarter, and they kind of stave off Albany in the fourth and win this thing by a single marker, 14-13. Now, although Faceoffs did not matter a whole lot in the Toronto-Buffalo game with that scoreline, I think they did here as Rochester goes 23 for 30 in the faceoff dot. Very penalty-free game. Rochester didn't even take a penalty, if you can believe that. Oh, they took two coincidental minors, I think. But one for three on the power play for Rochester. 0 for 0 for the Albany Firewolves. Connor Fields keeps his hot play going. Ryland Hartley, not as sharp as he had been, but still did enough to get the win here for the Nighthawks, which is, you know, at the end of the day, all you're asking for out of your goaltender. So Rochester now 3-0, and Albany 1-1. and Two winless teams in Philadelphia and Georgia squared off down there at Gas South Arena. And this one kind of felt like Georgia was in control for the most of it. Like they're just cruising, kind of muddling along. And then, boom, in the, in the fourth quarter, Philly woke up, pumped in six. And I don't want to say steal a game away, but... They come up with a huge win on the road for them after a real lackluster performance in their opening game against Halifax. Respond here on the road against Georgia. These two teams always play good lacrosse games, it seems like. 13-12 the final in this one, and had a quick chat with Jeff McComb, the new offensive coordinator there in Philadelphia, and I said, your boys looked a lot better than they did in week one. He said, yeah, you know, it's starting to, they're starting to get it. And they're starting to play instead of think. And if Philadelphia offense can can grasp McCombs' offense and start to play free and, and natural within the structure of that offense, Philly could be a problem. I'm just going to say that. And, and Bub's saying they're starting to get it. They're starting not to have to think about it. They're just starting to do it. And that's a real positive sign for Philly. Georgia... Need some work now, and we knew with the amount of turnover and the retirements and you know the switch up and goal and all the rest of it there in Georgia, it could be a, a tough one down south here, and they're kind of starting out that way. They got some questions that need answering as well, and, and I think a little break over the holiday will do that team some good too. As uh, I think we saw, I didn't quite, I'm pretty sure we saw a Brett Dobson appearance as Wendy was pulled, but I think then he went back in that game. It's kind of, like I said, tough to tell when you're watching so many games all at once. This next game was was probably the one I had circled as, as the one I really wanted to watch, and it didn't really pan out the way I thought. I thought this was going to be a much tighter game. I knew it was going to be a high-scoring game, but I think it was Halifax's highest-scoring game ever. And the crazy part is they only scored once in the third quarter, but they had six in the first, seven in the second, and six in the fourth. Add all that up, it equals 20. But maybe more impressively than anything else is holding the Riptide offense to just 11. Now, mind you, no Callum Crawford in that in that game, and, and I didn't hear why Crawford was... Not in the game, but Jamison has five points. Jeff Teat with six assists, eight points. Ryan Banesh with a quiet nine-point night. 
Uh, he just continues to get it done. This offense is really clicking in Halifax, and we're going to talk to Randy Stotts about it all and, and why it's working so well. So we don't want to spend too much. There it is again. We I don't want to spend too much time on that Halifax game because we're going to talk to Randy Stotts about it, and we'll talk to Reese Dutch about this game as well as Colorado was sitting there waiting in Fort Worth, Texas for Panther City to return from Las Vegas fresh off a of victory. And you knew this was going to be a tough weekend for, for Panther City, playing in Vegas, then having to go back home with the defending champs sitting there waiting for you in your building. And this one kind of played out, as I suspected, as uh, Colorado... Beats them 12 to 9, the final in this one. This was really kind of prototypical Colorado Mammoth lacrosse. They like to hold teams under 10. They like to try and get, you know, to 11 or 12, and they think that's going to be good enough to win when you got a goaltender like Dylan Ward backstopping you, which it was. McLaughlin with four, four goals, Zeddy with five assists. Donville had a nice game for Panther City with six assists. But uh, Zed Williams led the way here with eight points in this game, and it was just kind of Colorado from from start to finish. Like it, it was a low scoring game, real low scoring game until the fourth quarter, which they played straight up evenly in the fourth four four. But that's mammoth lacrosse right there. I think that's how they want to win lacrosse games, and that's exactly what they did, including. When Reese Dutchie had two goals and an assist in that game, which brings Dutchie to 999 points in the National Lacrosse League. One more for a thousand. He'll become the 12th player in National Lacrosse League history to do that. And it's going to happen. We'll talk about that with Dutchie coming up in quarter number three. So there's uh, your week three recap. So you know what that means, partners. Saddle up, classmates. We're heading for the Stampede Stables. We have written... I don't know whether to make, like, extra horse noises or keep it tight this week because it's just... Uh, there you go. <laughs> we have reached the Stampede Tack and Western Wear stables for this week's Stallion of the Week. But it's hard to believe we're talking about Christmas here at Stampede Tack, but let's be honest, we're looking forward to it. Christmas is one of the best times of the year and, uh, you know, signals that the year is almost up as we get ready to turn the calendar to 2023. Bring it on, I say. But uh, back to Stampede Tack and Western Wear here for a second. They are Canada's largest Blundstone boot collection. They have they have Canada's largest Blundstone collection. And, and one guy that would know all about that is, is one Tina Farah, who I was looking forward to talking to this week. Unfortunately, couldn't make it. But old Tino went out to Stampede this week and uh, got himself a pair of Blundstones for his significant other for Christmas. I hope she doesn't listen to the podcast. Well, I hope she does, but if she does, she just found out. She's getting Blundstones for Christmas, courtesy of Stampede Tack and Westerwear, but we'll talk to Tino about that next week. If you need boots or Blundstones or any other kind of boots, cowboy, work, unit, Wrangler, Carhartt, CSA approved. They got all sorts of boots at Stampede Tack. They're out there in Cloverdale. They've been there since 1966. Or hop online. That's what a lot of people like to do these days, where you can uh, still shop local by shopping online at stampedetack.ca. All right, so Stampede Stallion of the Week this week. And like I said, I had a whole bunch of people to try and pick from here on a seven-game slate in the National Crowds League for week number three. But I have to go back to Hamilton and the Buffalo Bandits and Matt Vince, who stopped 51 of 60, 52 of 60 shots fired his way. And the eight-time goaltender of the year is not slowing down here, people. I 
you know, can he just keep doing this all season long and for the next five years? I see no reason why not. The way this guy takes care of himself, the team that he has in front of him. And like I said, Toronto peppered the heck out of Buffalo and Matt Vince in this game, but they couldn't beat Vino. And I'm pretty sure Matt Vince has been in the stable multiple times. If he hasn't, shame on me, but he's going in this week as this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week. Matt Vince, new paint job, Vino paint on the mask there for 48 as well. He always comes up with cool designs, or his brother does, or his somebody in his family, I think, does the paint job. I don't know who comes up with the designs, but Vino always gets creative with his masks, and uh, I like the one he's got going. This year for the Banditos, welcome to the stable, Vino. You are this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week. All right, quarter one is in the books. That was a good 20 minutes or so. I'm I'm doing okay here. Uh, let's get to break. Quarter two is next, and we got Randy Stotts of the Halifax Thunderbirds coming up. Keep it right here, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Tawani Joseph, head coach of the Nanaimo Timberman. You're listening to Last Class, Oichika. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Into the second quarter we go here on EP215. Jake Kelly with you and with us, our Rycor Construction. Of course, they make it stand out there at Rycor Construction. Check them out on Instagram and Facebook at Rycor Construction, Inc. You can see all the good before and after. What they do is absolutely incredible. The way they start out with a project and then the way it looks when it's all said and done. Incredible stuff. www.rycorconstruction.ca Experience in residential interior and exterior renovations and quality craftsmanship. Exceptional. (laughs) Careful, jump Client experience. Rycor Construction. Make it stand out. This guy has been standing out for the Halifax Thunderbirds for the last couple of games since joining the team as we welcome back Randy Stotts to the podcast. Welcome back to Lax Class, Randy. Thanks for doing this, man. Uh, what are you up to? Hey, man. Thanks for having me again. Um, not too much, you know, just trying to stay healthy, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, try, trying to stay time. healthy. Trying to stay healthy. I mean, you've done it uh, for a couple of games now, man. Why don't we start there? But uh, it's been a long road back for you, man. How is the health? How are you feeling on a you know a scale of one percent to a hundred percent? Where are you at? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm feeling good. I would say I'm a hundred hundred percent. I'm as good as it's going to get. I think so. All right. Uh, you know, I'm I'm good, and you know, I'm just excited to get uh, with the season. You know, getting started. Like you said, it's been a long time, so. Um, I couldn't be happier to be back uh, playing. Yeah. Uh, how long was it from the last time that you stepped on National Cross League turf to, to the first time you did with Halifax? Was it like close to two years? Uh, March 2020. Holy. The COVID year, yeah. Yeah. Man, oh, man. That is a long road back. I, not to sit here and dwell on your injury, Randy, but, I mean, there must have been some – you know, days where you felt progress and, and were feeling good about things, but there also probably were some days in there where you're like, what the fuck am I doing here? Is this, you know, is, is this, is this what I really want? Am I willing to go through all this? I mean, you probably had some dark days in, in that rehab process as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, now that I'm, I'm a bit older and, and, um, I got more going on in my life than, than just this game, you know, the game that I've, I've loved my whole life and, so passionate for so there there was obviously some uh some dark days but you know I think the staying on schedule staying like true to my schedule and staying you know um keeping my head in the in the right place I think that helped I mean this was you know it was was a mental battle this this injury so um you know I'm glad that it's uh you know behind me and uh I'm looking uh forward to uh keep playing yeah well i mean as far as the mental battle goes when you're coming off a a real serious injury you haven't played in in a long long time what 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 is going through your head when you need to step out on the turf and the lights go up like is there any doubt there is it full trust in in what you've done to get back to that point and, and you don't really think about it 
Well, I think uh, the biggest thing for me, you know, I, I know I put in the work and I know I've done, you know, all the rehab stuff correctly. I'd, I've done all that, but um, at the same time, it, it's just the, the, the level of play uh, you got to get used to. Yeah. Um, so there, there's some questioning in that, you know, sometimes when I, when I was in camp and, and coming back and even this summer I was questioning, you know, like, Oh man, am I ever going <laughs> to, you know, get back to how I was playing? Um, so that, that was kind of a battle within itself. So, um, you know, now over the last couple, you know, half the, half the year, six months or so, I've been just focusing on having fun and playing the game. Um, I think, you know, if I stay true to that, I'm not, not worry about the other stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think I, you know, that's kind of where I find my, my, my place. First, uh, bit of a relief when, when the first one finally dropped it, I know you put up seven points, you had six assists, but you, you get the goal and it, you were shooting until you, till you got it sort of thing in that first game, Randy, and finally one sunk for you. Was, was that a big relief kind of off your shoulders knowing that, okay, like I can do this. Yeah. Like you said, I was shooting. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, it was a big relief and, you know, I, I was, uh, uh, I was very happy to get that that one out of the way, and our offense played good. So, you know, can't complain about uh, Man. about a win and yeah. NRO playing well. Did it ever? And you know, I, I thought the first game was was impressive. I think the second outing for you guys, including yourself, with four and four in that one, Randy, maybe even more impressive. And if I'm not mistaken. I think a Halifax Thunderbirds record with 20 goals up on the board against the Riptide in a, in a real convincing win. Um, let's, let's spin it back here a little bit. You know, the contract stuff with Georgia didn't really work out. The move to Panther city, you never really end up, you know, getting it figured out there or play a game down there in Fort Worth. And, and then the deal to Halifax and, and you go back with Kurt Styers, who at some point throughout your life, Randy, like I, I feel like you and Kurt have just kind of been joined at the hip a little bit, whether it's been through juniors or the Chiefs or the the Nats or or whatever it's been. You and Kurt have kind of been there together. Did it feel like a, a bit of a homecoming when when the deal to Halifax happened? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I've known Kurt a long time. Uh, yeah, he's been around. I've known like you know Tracy Johnson and and some of the coaching staff and, and you know some of the players too for for a long time and, and practicing, you know, in six nations every week and, and being around home, it, it does, it did kind of seem like a, like a homecoming, a lot of familiar faces. And, you know, it was, uh, it was very, very welcoming. And I, I couldn't ask for, for a better spot to be right now in my life. Well, and one guy that you're obviously very familiar and playing with is, is Cody Jamison, who looks to be back to his regular self as well. And, and maybe just talk about that relationship, Randy, with you and, and Cody, who just seem to have some sort of connection like not many others do when you're out on the floor together. Yeah, I mean, me and Jammer, he, he's six years older than me, but, you know, I, I've spent majority of my life looking up to him and, and watching him play, whether that was junior or at Syracuse or OCC. Um, so I, I've always kind of, you know, we've always had a good relationship. And, you know, once I got starting to play in, in those rankings, you know, we started to play together more and we just kept building on our relationship. And um, it's a special relationship. You know, we, we, we kind of, we've hung out a, a lot over the years and, you know, now to see it, basically come full circle for for us it's uh it's it's even more special he's not gonna be happy about you telling people he's six years older than you though randy Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah banesh is even older than he is and he's still lighting it up so uh, nothing to worry about there for him but let's let's flip it to the other side of the floor and and maybe some guys that that you've never played with uh randy and in and Shanksy and, and Bushy and, you know, you throw Connor Watson in there. Um, what's yeah. it been like to, to kind of mesh and, and learn these guys' tendencies and, and learn how to play with those guys on that side? Oh, it's been awesome. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. I was talking about this the other day. I, I've played with the whole left side for, for a number of years, <laughs> and I, I haven't really played with our, our right side, you know, uh, Clarkie and Shanksy and, Connor and Bushi. So it, it's been, uh, you know, we had a good training camp and there was a lot of feeling out going on, um, which I think needs to happen in order for us to build chemistry. 
you know, and I, I think the communication is open uh, on the right side. None of us really are, are caring who's scoring or, or who's setting picks or, or who's getting the ball. I think it's a collective group of, you know, let's move the ball, let's move our feet, let's get through the middle and, um, you know, try to get each other open and uh, win some games. Yeah, it's funny. As we speak with Randy Stats here, I just, you know, rattle off three guys. And the one guy I forgot about is Clark Peterson, who might be like the most effective right-hander along with yourself on that team. You know, Clark's a guy that, that I had a chance to watch in the Minto back in, in 2018. And of course I've seen him in the NLL, but I've never really like sat down and had a chat with him or, or even had a chance to, to watch him play live in the National Lacrosse League. But maybe just tell me about Clark Peterson as as a guy in the room, Randy, and then where do you where do you see this guy's ceiling? Like how good can Clark Peterson get? Ah, that's a, that's a tricky question. You know, I, I think the way I like to, the way, I, what I've seen of him so far, he's like a pit bull. Um, he kind of, he, he's not, he's fearless out there. He, he's smart. He's got good hands. He can shoot, he can pass, he can go to the net, you know, he can get back and play D. So he's kind of, he's got all the tools. Um, I think the sky's the limit for, for Clarkie. And, you know, I, I, I think, the way he is in the locker room, he's a little quiet. Well, you know, I was going to say, he, you said pit bull, but then, like, you never really see the guy, like, lose his temper, have a snap show, no. or, you know, do anything great. Like, he just, when you watch him get interviewed, he's super polite and calm. So, I find that interesting. He plays like a pit bull, but he's not really like one. Well, yeah, that's, what, like, off the floor, I mean, off the floor, he's he's so polite and kind and, uh, you know, joking around and stuff like that. But on the floor, he kind of flips that switch. And uh, yeah. uh, I would just say fearless. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I got to ask you about this because we just saw the World Games tryouts going on uh, over, I don't know if it was last weekend or the weekend before, but of course we see Joe Nardella, the, the Firewolves, blow out his knee and he's done for the year. And not only is he going to miss the NLL season, but probably PLL and, and the World yeah. Games as well. And I know the Haudenosaunee, had their tryouts too as well, Randy. And, and I don't know what the situation really was for, for you guys, but like I was told team USA said, like, if you're not playing a game in the NLL that weekend, it is mandatory that you be at these tryouts. And I saw the out there and, and a couple other guys, I guess it's just a, a circumstance with a timeline involved here that they got to do what they got to do to get ready for the world games here. But it just seemed crazy to me that guys are out there running around in full pads during an NLL season for maybe some guys that, you know, do they really need to be trying out to make the team sort of thing? Where do you come out on all this? Um, I think our situation's a little different over the past, you know, in 2018, we kind of picked our team, I would say, you know, really late. Yeah. And, and didn't really get a chance to mesh together. And, you know, from, from my standpoint as a, as a veteran on the team now, um, in order for us to have a, have a good shot, I think we do got to get together. Um, and I think we got to, uh, you know, just spend that time learning and, and seeing what we got to do together. So for us, I, I think we really need to get together. Obviously there is that risk uh, of that. Um and I understand it, but at the same time, you know, we, we enter this tournament every four years and it's kind of, is it bigger? Uh, is it bigger, Randy? Do you feel like this? I mean, with, with everything that's kind of on the line for the Haudenosaunee going into the Olympics and, and all of that, do you almost feel like this world games coming up? Like you mentioned, it's only four year every four years. This is kind of bigger than the national lacrosse league, almost bigger than the sport itself like there is a lot riding on this for you guys in particular i mean i i wouldn't say it's bigger than the sport itself and i wouldn't say it's bigger than the nll but i i do think it's big in our hearts to play for that team yeah. um and i think it, it's big enough where you know we will give up our off weekends to go and and try to create that chemistry that quite frankly since i've been there i don't think we we've ever really built um so I think giving us a, a chance in that aspect to to build those uh, to build that camaraderie and that with each other, I think you know it, it gives us a better shot at um, you know just showing up and 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 and, and playing. Yeah, I, I find that you know super interesting that it, that that's such a hard thing when you get national teams together 
And for the most part, guys will know each other and, and have either played with or played against each other at some point throughout their lives. But I, I find it very interesting that you are, are really kind of hammering home the fact that you feel like building chemistry and cohesion leading up to the tournament has maybe been something that's that's held the Nationals back a little bit and something you guys are really focusing on going into this Worlds that could possibly make a difference for you guys. Yeah, 100%. Like, I've been a part of this team for, uh, well, the U19s and the and the men's uh, collectively since, like, 2008 until now. And, um, you know, and Lyle and Warren and, and you know, the, we've been on the, the team that long together. And, you know, we, we kind of talked amongst ourselves and what do we need to do to, to, to push, to push the envelope. And, you know, we, we made a, a group as a, as players to, you know, let's, if we're going to do this, let's uh, do it and, and grab the bull by the horns. Yeah. I like it, man. As uh, well, we got a couple more minutes here with Randy Stotts. Um, Turtle Island lacrosse. I know you and Palmer kind of sparked this up uh, over the pandemic, Randy, but I haven't heard much about it lately. Are you guys still got that rolling? And is there anything you want to kind of put out there to the people that uh, they can get excited about? Um, yeah, we, we, we weren't, a, we're not as tuned up as we, we were during the pandemic and, and, you know, over the last, I guess, year, we kind of, we just focus on our, uh, I guess, youth team that yeah. we take to tournaments. So, um, that's been fun. You know, you get to see these, uh, these young guys coming up and, you know, you get to teach them and interact. And uh, it was, we had our banquet last week and we we're reminiscing about a, a game in the Turkey shoot uh, championship game. And I don't think I've been that excited in a game in a long time as a coach. So it was uh hey, old Turkey shoot. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Speaking of that, yeah. man, uh, Halifax along with, with Vegas and San Diego got Aguasasne to, to play some exhibition games. And, and I know you're from six nations, but probably a lot of friends and, and family throughout that reserve and, and region as well. Randy, how, cool and and special was it to to go and take part in something like that um it's amazing you know i think six nations is pretty spoiled uh because every year we get to have you know eight teams at least run through the ila so i I think we're we're pretty spoiled that way and people don't realize like akwazesne and and gunawage is kind of next door to it in quebec so um, being there and, and having all those people come, I think the arena was packed for all the games and, you know, having that support and, um, having these kids see big name players in the game, not, not just native players, but, you know, yeah. uh, pl- players in the NLL collectively. And, um, th- th- that just goes to show them that, you know, they're good role models and, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's a special thing something to dream and, and something to strive for as, as a young kid. Uh, last one here for you, Randy. Nice job, by the way. Uh, holiday plans, uh, family, what, uh, what's going on over Christmas and, uh, potentially New Year's. I know you guys got a date with Buffalo on the 30th, so you're probably not, uh, doing too much prior to that, but, uh, what's going on for, for the holidays? Uh, not too much. Um, we've actually been in Gunawage for the last couple of months, so we're moving back, uh, uh, Thursday, you know, we just, oh, you're have, moving. Like, little, we're moving back to six nations. <laughs> we had, we had twins in, uh, in, uh, late November. So we're, uh, we're packing up and moving back home for, wow. for, for the remainder of our time. So, okay. um, it's a, it's a full house now and, you know, we're just excited for Christmas for the, for I the girls. Bet. Um, so twin girls or yeah. maternal or what do you, what do you got going? Uh, I got, uh, t- Two girls, a four-year-old okay. and a two-year-old, and then we had twin boys. So, oh, nice, uh, nice. Just, uh, Make one a lefty and, and one a righty, right? I guess. We'll see. <laughs> and, uh, last thing I got to ask you here is, is the Instagram account, like, okay, I know there was, like, a little situation there a while back, and things got – Yeah, y'all get on yeah. the IG now? Yeah, I had to delete that. I got uh, – it was it was a disaster. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're all good now. Okay, uh, where can the people find you on Instagram if they want to give uh, the new Randy Stats account a follow? Stats eighty three. There it is. There it is. <laughs> all right, Randy. Uh, appreciate your time here on Lax Class as always. Uh, best of luck the rest of the way here with the Halifax Thunderbirds. Happy holidays, man. Good to see you back playing some ball. All right, man. I appreciate it. There you go. You I appreciate you. There's Randy Stotts of the Halifax Thunderbirds. 15 points, 
through his first two games, Halifax 2-0, and and uh, the, they got the bye week coming up, and then they're taking on the Buffalo Bandits on the 30th of December. That is going to be a doozy of a game. Great interview there with Randy. We need to take a break, and we got Dutchie on the other side. Reese Dutch of the Colorado Mammoth. Quarter three is coming right up here on Lacrosse Classified. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Jimmy Quinlan, head coach of the Saskatchewan Rush, and you're listening to the Lax Class. Welcome back to Lax Class. We're into the second half of action here on EP215. Jake Kelly with you and with us since day number one, our associated labels and packaging. They're the best in the business when it comes to labels and packages. They focus on people, ethics, quality, and of course, family owned right here in the hometown of yours truly, Coquitlam. 40 years of experience. Sean Ashworth and the gang at Associated Labels and Packaging. Uh, I know he had a chance to go down to Seattle and watch the Seahawks and Niners on the Thursday nighter last week. Didn't go so well for my Hawks, but that's okay. Um, Enough about football. Let's talk some lacrosse with this guy back on the podcast once again. Now, as a member of the Colorado Mammoth. I don't know how... That all came about. We'll ask him. Reese Dutch, Dutchie, you're back. What's going on, man? Thanks for doing this. Hey, no problem. Dutchie, we're, you're back. It's uh, <laughs> I'm hearing it too frequently. Uh, let's, let's stay here for a while. Yeah, let's let's not go anywhere for a while, man. It's uh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster for you, man, for the last uh, several years, I would say. Like you've had to come back from some pretty serious things, and we just kind of talked to Randy Stotts about the same sort of deal like he was off for for close to a two two and a half year span and you've been there and then gone and then back and then I know that is like so mentally taxing when you go through a long rehab you think you've climbed the mountain you're you're back in the game and then boom it happens again that has got to be just a mental pretzel to try and untie when something like that happens wow yeah <laughs> laying it on there pretty thick well Jake. no i mean uh, for seriously uh, though like i mean i've i've battled some stuff over over my playing day and i just know like when you go through a long injury and you go through a rehab and you work your ass off and you put in the time and the work and and then for it to happen almost immediately again has got to be just devastating for you yeah it was i mean i think most athletes can will agree with me that um it's, it's not really your will to play that stops you from playing a lot of, most of the time it's your, it's your body. Um, and unfortunately I've been on an uphill battle for a better part of a decade with, uh, with some minor injuries that turned into long ones. Uh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't even the same injury either. I, I came back from one, uh, and then a freak accident put me into another. So, you know, the guy, I guess that's what the gods have in their cards for me, but, um, you know, I was never, it was never a question. I wasn't going to work, work hard and, and do my best to get back in a lineup and, you know, thanks to Colorado for giving me that opportunity. Yeah, well, it just, you know, it didn't quite work out in Halifax. And I think in the long run, race, like, that might be a good thing for, for them and for you, quite frankly. Like, Victor, <laughs> I, I was honestly thinking about this, man. Like, you are not a, a live-in market guy. You're You're going across from Victoria, essentially the very farthest you can go on the West Coast, to the very furthest you can go on the East Coast to go play a lacrosse game. And, you know, you lose the time zone and the air travel and all of that, man. Like, Denver, a little, little nicer of a trip, no? Yeah, I mean, that that's that pretty much sums it up. Uh, yeah, I mean, last year, you know, you do what you got to do, right? I was, you know, Halifax contacted me um, and travel aside, you know, they're a championship contender. Um, I was, you know trying to get my foot in the door and they gave me an opportunity and, you know, Kurt and, and Mike, uh, I'll always be grateful to them for that. Um, but I think you're right. I think, you know, just uh, even when it comes down to a role on the team, travel, 
uh, it's just a better fit for me, I think, in Colorado. <laughs> and and that, that's not speaking negatively about Halifax at all. I think it's just, uh, you know, I think everybody would agree. As, I mean, you, you even just said it yourself. If you sit back and think about it, it just makes more sense. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Like, I remember when Joel McCready was living in Vancouver and he was playing for Rochester and what it was like for him to to do that on a weekly basis. And I can't imagine Halifax from Victoria could be any easier than that. And, and you know, injuries happen, and that's something that's happened in Colorado, which I would think kind of opened up the door for you, Ryan Lee going down. And I'm not sure what, what the situation on, on Gibson is, but essentially a spot opens up for you there, Reese. and. Pack oil and and uh, Selfer come a call and you've been working hard staying ready. But how excited were you when the defending champion Colorado Mammoth say, "Hey, do you want to come and play in Denver?" Yeah, um, it was pretty good. I, I think you know when you when you step back and look at it, and um, you know Scotty Campbell when they when they were letting me go said that uh, he he had actually talked to Brad Self and let him know that I was becoming available and. He kind of called me, called me the next day. So um, hang on a second here, Dutchie. So Kurt Styers, you're telling me he's getting soupy in his first year to to pick up the and do the dirty work and and let <laughs> you go uh, in his first year as assistant GM, and he's got to cut a vet <laughs> like yourself. That's that's tough. I mean, you know, the guy. He's a powerful guy and he is that way for a reason. No, it was actually a courtesy call. Um, the, the conversation I had about the, the release was with, with, with okay, Coach, okay. Coach Kersey. All right. Um, uh, you know, you know, when you, again, when you step back and look at it, even personnel wise, I mean, they got their three young guys they protected. And then when they picked up Randy, who literally lives 30 seconds away from their practice facility, I, it, I mean, right. I'm just on the end every weekend. Yeah. It, it's kind of a, it just didn't make sense. And then, you know, I'm not trying to, go eight hours in the air every weekend if, if, if there's gonna be a question that I'm in the lineup so yeah no Kurt's, Kurt's an awesome guy I actually have a great relationship with him there is really no hard feelings man it, it wasn't uh it wasn't anything that Halifax did to me or I did to it it would just uh, made sense for both sides that that it was that this year wasn't uh, a great fit so fair enough fair yeah, enough when um when when Brad when Selfer called, we had a great chat um I was on the tail end of a, of a minor injury I picked up at the first weekend of training camp there in Halifax and and, uh, you know, so we, we sort of kind of held off on, on making any moves. Um, and then, you know, after that first weekend in, in Saskatchewan, uh, conversations got a little bit more serious and, and, and I was out the next weekend for practice. So, uh, great opportunity. I mean, like you said, defending champs, <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty easy conversation on my end. It was a thank you for the opportunity rather than play hardball. So I'm just, I'm really happy to be there. Awesome locker room, man. Yeah, well, I was going to say, you know, I don't know how well you knew Pat before uh, getting there. And and I don't know, do you think kind of the blowout in Saskatchewan accelerated that that timeline, Reese, for you to, to get down to Denver? Like, I weren't there in week one, but do you think that scoreline against Saskatchewan was like, okay, we need we need to get some veteran savvy in here and then let's go out and get yeah. Reese Dutch? I mean, I, I think – I mean, no, there's not, there's no player ever that's going to make a 12 goal difference. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't just one guy's fault. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but oh, Jeff I, Teet, I, maybe Breeze said teeter might maybe at this point of his career. 12. Yeah. I mean, that's another conversation. I another can't conversation. really argue. <laughs> yeah. I can't argue, but uh, anyways, not many then let's say yeah. rare player would be a 12 goal difference. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think they're putting it on one guy, but um, I think, yeah, there's just, there was a few things um, that some, maybe some, some leadership and experience can help with uh, that help in a, in a few different ways. And I, I don't, I don't think that, I think it was more just helping me manage my injury. I, I don't know if that way, if it was a no, and then all of a sudden a yes, I think it was. Okay. Uh, so Pat Coyle, Jason Bishop, uh, what'd you think after one week? Um, awesome. Uh, I mean, I, I, I didn't know them personally prior to, um, but if all, you know, first impressions are, are nothing but positive. He's, uh, I was told he's a player's coach and, and, but he demands respect and, and that's exactly what he is. I think, you know, he's somebody that everybody likes and, and that, I think that's huge, especially in the blue collar nature of our sport where you do develop personal relationships with both your coaching and management. Um, so, so he's an easy guy to get along with, but He's also a guy that you're, you're, you know, when he says jump, you ask how high to be cliche about it. And then you get a chance to to play with Zed Zilla, who, uh, what, <laughs> I, what was that like, man? Oh man. I, uh, I didn't know how big he actually is until I walked into the, the practice facility two weeks ago. Yeah. I was like, 
Oh beast, my lord, beast! Like he, he is an absolute. You know, as tall as he is wide, and all the good sense of the word. Sorry, dog. No, you're all good. I see you got you got Finner patrolling in the background there. Yeah, as well. I know. I I tried. I'm glad this isn't an on camera thing. He's no, no, no. We're all good. He's on. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, man. I yeah. He's uh he's a guy that's gonna open up people around him, and if and if they don't bring help, he's gonna cause problems. So um, you know, he makes everybody's job easier. So to play with a guy like him is gonna it's it's great. Well, I feel like I have maybe called more Reese Dutch goals than any other player in my broadcasting history here, Dutchie. And you get two and one in your debut, which brings you up to, I'm sure you know this, 999 (laughs) points in the National Lacrosse League, which is just unbelievable, man. Like, it's awesome. And you're going to become the 12th player in league history to hit a thousand points. When you sit back and you think about that, what, what does that mean to you when you think about that? Man, I don't know. I was talking to somebody about this today and uh, I mean, you don't start your career going, I'm going to get a thousand points and that's all I want to accomplish. I think, you know, we say it time and time again, you don't really play for the individual accolades. They're great. And I think that, you know, it's something to definitely be proud of. I'm not belittling any, any feat by any player. But, you know, you play for the championships and the guy beside you, the relationships you build, those are the things that you, you take with you for the rest of your life. But for this one, man, I have been so close to a thousand points and I've been reminded of that week in and week out for the better part of two years now. And I think it's going to be more the, the kind of the turning of a page for me. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's OK, dude. Hey, this is real life happening in real time. Yeah, it's, sorry, not, guys. it's not it's not a big deal. Uh, what's uh, what's what's Ratcliffe at? Do you know? You gonna run well, him down? It, it depends. Like people that post stats are like they include playoffs or not. I have no idea, man. We just well, Ratcliffe. It, where is he at? He's at his house, and I can't wait to see him over the Christmas holiday. <laughs> That's what he's a great guy. And I miss him. I don't see him enough. No. Um, sorry to go back to my point. I I think that for this one, it's pretty significant. It's gonna have a more significant meaning than just crossing a number. Um, because it, it, I've, I've battled through, you know, the tail end of a, an Achilles surgery, and then to blow my, you know, my patellar tendon surgery, and yeah. it's it's going to be it's going to be significant in the fact that it's going to be kind of the the full circle, like the, the the hard work to stay in the game, especially at you know now age 36. I'm not 24 coming back up an injury, right? I'm 36, so it, it's going to mean something to me to kind of have an accolade to to hang on, you know, coming back to achieve that. I was just looking at the schedule here to see when the mammoth and came to Vancouver and it's it's not for a while Reese so I don't want you to to wait so I can be the guy to, to call number 1000 <laughs> in fact I feel like if I didn't get a point until then I don't know if I'd be around <laughs> yeah you might not be in the lineup still um well with all be that, that being said I mean you you got two titles you're coming up on a thousand points here Reese like what what still motivates you and drives you to to compete at the highest level man I I I was actually just talking to Adam Levy about this. Um, well, I know now that there's only one other player that's won a championship with three different teams in the in the history of the oh, league. Oh, I don't know. Let, let me think about this here. Is it Dawson? No. no. Somebody I would have watched growing up. Somebody you would have watched. Which could have been Dawson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I don't, I don't want to sit here for 30 seconds and rack my brain. Who is it? Paul Gate. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> He's pretty good. He's yeah, pretty yeah, good. and he's from Victoria. I yeah, mean, again, I think yeah, that's why everybody plays sports, right? Like I said, individual championships are great, and in fact, it probably signifies that I'm doing my job right. They aren't bringing me in for my defensive prowess, although, uh, you know. Hey, man, I was watching. Uh, I was watching an Instagram clip of you back in with the Washington Stealth, and you're playing the Portland Lumberjacks, and and mind you. You, you kind of turned it over at the point of the power play, but you made a heck of an effort on a back check there on Brody Merrill down on a breakaway. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you, when you're the turnover guy, you got to save some face, yeah. but yeah, but I mean, it means you're doing your job. And I think ultimately we play to win championships. And I think that, you know, that's what, that's what brings you together. And I, I, man, I, yeah, our individual awards cool. Would it be cool to put on my resume? Yeah. But um, I think, Put another yep. ring in the case. Another, be, ring. another I, ring. I like it. Uh, well, speaking of that, I want to stick on the NLL. But do you got one more run in Indian with the Shamrocks at Man Cup in the in the West uh, this coming summer? Have you have you thought that far down the road? Yeah, I mean, I I'm not saying no. I I love it. I mean, it's 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 part of me, right? Being from Victoria, it's it's a, it's not. I'm not saying no. I think there's there's some things I'd like to see happen with the team. I think there's I need to see where my body's at. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, well, you know you got the ball boy ready to go, right? What's uh, what's going on <laughs> think, with Finn there? I know he's he's bouncing around in the background. Uh, he's he's getting registered up for for another summer season as well. Let's give Finn right. a little shine here. How's the how's the game coming along for the boy? Oh, he's awesome. He um, he's playing up in U nine for field lacrosse, and he's, he's scoring some goals. So he's he's doing really well. <laughs> My first goal was ten seconds into the. Oh, I love to hear it, man. Love yeah. to hear it. Uh, what about what? Dumping like it's buffalo uh, snow here on the mainland. I'm, I'm sure it's the same over there in Victoria. Did you guys have some fun in the snow? Uh, not quite. We got a good layer, and now it's freezing. But I think you guys are getting it first, and then it's heading our way. Okay. So that's why I was a little late getting on here. Sorry, Jake. I had to uh, tidy up at the office. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, well, <laughs> hey, like uh, you probably don't know this yet because I just talked about it uh, minutes earlier. But Mitch Jones, uh, Mitch Jones Real Estate is is now a proud new sponsor of the podcast here. You're a uh, a real estate agent yourself. And uh, I know you're kind of helping out uh, one of your lacrosse buddies here gets settled in, in Vancouver Island. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I mean, lacrosse is a, it's an amazing community. You meet a lot of people and have a lot of friends and no, what's going people. on with the market here, man. Like I've been, I was, I messed right up the last time I, I re-upped on my mortgage, man. I went variable for the first time ever, like a dummy. Tell, give, give me the landscape of, of the real estate market. Now, th- this thing's going to settle down here a little bit. Prices are coming down. Things are, are, are getting back to normal, right? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, balanced market is the term they like, everybody likes us to use. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm not an economics guy, but I think a couple more months of people living in their caves and, and they'll come out. Yeah, I, it's tough. I, yeah, I have multiple properties and variable mortgages, so it's going to be a couple less vacations this year. But uh, I think there's statistically over a span of five years, there's never been a time in history where you pay more with a variable than you do with a. Is with that a, right? Well, that makes me feel better. I might actually yeah. get some. Sleep. You just got to be able to handle the highs and the lows, the literal highs. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, I'll try. I mean, it's bad timing, Jake, but that's what real estate is, right? If we had a crystal ball, yeah, we'd all be we'd all be sponsoring the classified podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Jenna, it's good. What's happening over the holidays here for, for the Dutch family at Christmas time? Uh, a little bit quieter this year. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Santa's uh, coming. Santa's coming. Santa but... is coming. Yes. Santa Santa doesn't care about variable mortgages. No. <laughs> he does. Um, no, it's good. Jenna started it. She's got her candle company going with her sisters. So they've been super busy with all that with all the markets and stuff. I saw that. Taylor Jade yeah. Candle Co. There's your there's your free marketing. Yeah, I get no no um, free plugs, but you just got one. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, just uh, just hanging out with my family, uh, my mom, and, and and we have an open house for friends Christmas Eve. But it's a bit of a tame, more tame year. Good stuff, man. Well, you got uh, the holiday break over. No New Year's Eve game for the Mammoth. And let's see here, you're what in Calgary coming January seventh. You got some pretty good memories from from your time as a roughneck, I would imagine. Yeah, they're coming. That's our home opener. Okay, is the seventh. So we uh, we'll we'll reunite after the game. All business until then. I love to hear it. Can't wait to see you put up number one thousand, Dutchie. I appreciate you doing this, and uh, best of luck with the mammoth the rest of the way. Stay healthy, my man. Yes, thank you. That's the that's the top of the list. There Stay healthy, and the rest will fall in place. Right? I, it absolutely will. It absolutely will, Reese. Uh, good to see you back, balling man, and uh, have a great holiday season. And uh, we'll see you on the seventh. Appreciate it, Jake. You too, man. All great right. Chatting. Absolutely. Anytime. There you go. Reese Dutch, Colorado Mammoth. And it's been a long road for Reese Dutch to get back into the National Lacrosse League after some pretty serious injury issues over the last couple of seasons. And he's going to hit a thousand points, just the 12th player in league history to do it. Future Hall of Famer, Reese Dutch. I just said it right there. He's going in when it's all said and done for Dutchie. we got to take a break here on Lacrosse Classified. One more quarter to go. Lax Class Locks are coming up. Stick with us here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. This is Reed Bowering. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lax Class. As we move into the fourth quarter, Jake Kelly with you. No more breaks here on the podcast. I know people like that. The other thing people are going to like is I have the opportunity to announce a brand new sponsor here on the podcast. I mentioned it last couple of weeks. Had something in the works. And happy and proud to announce that one Mitch Jones. Mitch Jones Real Estate 
will be uh, sponsoring the podcast here in 2023. We'll have more details on this, more information coming up. And we'll probably get Mitch on to kind of kick things off as well, let you know about his company, what he's doing, where he's working, all that sort of stuff, how do you get a hold of him. But yeah, happy to announce Mitch Jones will be joining Lax Class here in 2023. So look forward to that. Uh, The other thing you can look forward to here in the fourth quarter is Lax Class Locks, which are coming right up. Know who you got this week, so it'll be a tight fourth quarter. Before we get to Lax Class Locks, though, you know the deal. You got to follow us on social media, at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram, at Lax Class on Twitter. Nobody helped me out with, with IG and trying to secure a new handle or get a handle from somebody anyways lax class on twitter lacrosse classified on facebook we've got an email address lacrosse classified at gmail.com you give me a follow at pxp for sports tino is at ferretino and don't forget to subscribe and review the podcast five stars only please couple of words down there uh it is the season of giving so please give us a, a review and subscribe to the podcast that really helps us so appreciate you guys doing that all right enough of all that let's get to it it's time for lax class locks it's locked when you're right 52 percent of the time you're wrong 48 percent of the time i hereby declare block of the week it's a big luck, all right. Wax Class Locks presented by Cool Bet Canada. Stay cool. Bet responsibly. Speaking of, I... Responsible. Pat Gregoire, I know, listens to the show, so I'm just going to call him out here on the air. The World Cup's over, Patty. Uh, your boy should be back from Qatar. I see you doing these videos on social media, wearing the the sweatshirts and the toques and the hat just saying man good people over here and uh wouldn't mind repping repping the brand so just putting that out there uh stay cool bet responsibly use the bonus code lax class when you sign up to cool bet for the first time and what will happen if you do that you'll get free money up to two hundred dollars on your first time deposit put in the bonus code lax class after you sign up register all that sort of stuff before you put any money in there Put in the bonus code LAXCLASS and CoolBet will match you up to $200. Then, can't do it this week because no NLL games. But next week, when we're back underway, screenshot your NLL bet, post it to Twitter, tag LAXCLASS and CoolBet. And if you do that, you'll be entered into a contest to win some of that sweet swag I was talking about just moments ago. And a chance to win some NLL tickets, depending on the market you live in, too. So, quick tag, screenshot, and boom, you're into the contest each month, courtesy of CoolBet. Stay cool. Bet responsibly. So, with no NLL games this week, I just college football and bowl season is in full swing. And I just love some of these crazy bowl games that... You know, involve teams that you've never heard of, involve sponsors that you've never heard of. We're leading into Christmas here. I wanted to get this in before Christmas because we'll probably record the next one on Boxing Day, if uh, Americans know what that is. That's the day after Christmas. So I've picked three games here, one on the 22nd, one on the 23rd, one on the 24th. I got the Lockhead Martin Armed Forces Bowl down there where Panther City hangs out in Fort Worth, Texas. Air Force taking on Baylor. Uh, I got Wake Forest in Missouri in the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa, Florida. I think that's where Andrew Q hangs out. And then I got Middle Tennessee taking on the Aztecs of San Diego State. In the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl in Honolulu, Hawaii. Man, what a draw for for a bowl game for those two schools right there. You get to go to Hawaii. So I'm sticking in the over-under category. I'm going to keep this real simple here, people. I'm going over in Baylor Air Force. I'm going under in Wake Forest, Missouri. And I'm going over in Middle Tennessee, San Diego State. Minus 110, minus 110, minus 109. Uh, I think we'll be up around plus 650, which will get you a cool bet return of about a buck fifty on 20 jumbo bucks. 
And uh, like this is all on me here this week. So take that for what you will. Stay cool. Bet responsibly. That's all I'm going to say. Good luck out there. All right. So know who you got this week. Uh, so no picks. Know who you got. But that doesn't mean we don't have to announce week three's winner. Man, oh man, oh man, a six-way tie for first place in week three. Six people going six for seven. And our champion of week three just missing his two game. Got the Georgia-Philadelphia game wrong, as did I. So don't feel too bad. But congratulations to Dog Faja. No idea what that means. Going to have to look that up. But Nathan Young, under the handle Dog Faja, is week three winner. Uh, included in that six-way tie, my lovely girlfriend, uh, who went six for seven. But not so close on the tiebreaker. Better luck next week, babe. Uh, tough one there. Uh, Brandon Michael Winkler, son of Kevin Michael Winkler, a Stampede Tack and Westerwear in that group as well. Uh, way to go, everybody. You did way better than me. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I've been over this. But uh, Nathan Young, congratulations. You are this week's winner. We will be in touch. Prize pack will be on the way, courtesy of Stampy Tack and Western Wear. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up yet, you're new to the podcast, go to Lax Class on Twitter. The link for the pool is right in the profile. And, yeah, you're a little behind the eight ball as far as the the grand champion goes. But you can win prizes each and every week. Have some bragging rights. Have a little fun. Sign up for who you got. Search up who you got with two T's. Two T's and Elliot. Two T's and got. And uh, get in on the action. Lots of people playing. And don't forget, uh, once again, to save your picks after you make them. And get that auto selection clicked on just in case you happen to forget a week as well. All right. Tino should be back next week. If not, we'll find somebody else to slide in the chair. You never know with the holiday season here. You know how I hate to miss a week of recording Lax Class. I wasn't going to make this the week. Going to try not to make next week the week. And we'll just keep cranking along here. Through the holidays. All right. Thanks to uh, Randy Stotts and Reese Dutch for coming by the podcast. To our fabulous sponsors, Mitch Jones Realty, Stampede Tack and Western Wear, Associated Labels and Packaging, Cool Back Canada, and Rycor Construction for their continued support. And to you, the loyal listener, for checking out Lax Class each and every single week. We'll be back, but it'll be a day after or two days after Christmas. So happy holidays, everybody. I hope you enjoy your families and get everything under the tree that uh, your little heart desires. But for now, we got to go. I got to (laughs) go. For nobody, I've been Jake Elliott. And for the fastest game on TV, for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.